welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, yeah. yes, some of you are already excited. It's Mother's Day weekend, and I have my mom, Isabel, with me here. And uh, I get so many requests for her to speak in the church, and uh, especially now that she's spoken to all the youth groups. I believe she's spoken to all the different youth groups that are, are, are all of our campuses. And uh, I heard from one of the uh, people that were there, they asked their son, they said, what'd you think of it? And he said, well, when I saw that old lady up there, at first I thought, what's she doing here? And at the end, I was like, can she come back? Yeah, so, all right, so you're here with us. And uh, I said, let's have you on Mother's Day. And you said, I'm 80, let's go. Let's get this done. Let's go this year, all right? So happy Mother's Day. You are a Proverbs 31 woman for sure, and then some. And uh, I know you've already greeted her, but can you welcome my mom, Isabel? Yeah. She is a gem. Thank you. All right, you're stealing her time. You're stealing her time. She's going to say, you're taking her time. All right. Um, so you, you asked me to ask you this question. You said um, that you wanted me to ask you your best Mother's Day gift. What was your best Mother's Day gift? All your mothers are going to appreciate this. It wasn't from my kids. It was from my husband. And it was one day that I won't say which one of the boys was smarting off because they kind of took turns. Probably wasn't me, though. It could have been. It could have been. <laughs> and my husband heard them smarting off to me, and he got up from the table, and he stood right in their face and said, you might think that you can talk to your mother like that, but don't you ever talk to my wife like that again. And I'm telling you, how many of you women would be like... <laughs> yes. That From that day forward, we called her Queen Mother. And we, you know... <laughs> uh, yeah, and well, today, I want you to know this is not a sermon. This is an, an interview, this is sharing, this is something that was on her heart. But um, as many of you know, my mom is very prophetic and God speaks to her quite clearly. Um, and she said, I just feel like God is speaking to me something to share. And I do wanna share something about prophecy. Not that this is a prophecy, but I wanna share about prophecies that are done. In 1 Corinthians 14.3, it says, but on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification. So I believe you're going to have some edification to promote their spiritual growth. You're going to speak words of encouragement to uphold and advise them concerning the matters of God. And you're going to speak words of consolation to compassionately comfort them. And uh, I really feel like that encapsulates when my mom shares and even speaks to people in the church. And then I added one more thing that's not in that text, but how many know she will also challenge you and give you a kick in the rear to get moving and challenge you? And so she's the one, if you remember the story where I said, she bought me the button, you know, and she said, you wear that to church. Don't you deny Christ? Even if they want to cut your tongue out, let them, you know, like don't deny Christ. She's serious about Jesus, I'm just saying. And uh, where did that seriousness come uh, serving Jesus? 
Well, it probably came because it was so opposite in my life when I first started out. And when Rob spoke to me about doing this today, first of all, I thought he was awfully brave because those of you that know me would not give me a microphone. (laughs) I wanted to, I just started asking God, God, what is it that you want me to share? What? What can I tell these people? And Rob thought this was kind of fashionable. I think it is kind of too, but that isn't what it was supposed to be. It actually is a dog choke collar and a leash. And God was showing me that that's what was around my neck when I began my life. And I was very happy with it. It didn't bother me at all. I didn't get in trouble with this choke collar. Satan never choked me, never pulled me, never called me, you know, didn't do anything because I wasn't doing anything that he was objecting to. I was doing everything that Satan would be very happy. It was God that wasn't happy. And I went to church because I was forced to go to church and I thought that everyone was a phony because I knew that when I went home and the door was shut, the people that I went to church with were not the same people. They were different. And there are some of you that know that that's true. And I'd like to say that everybody at River Valley is just walking with the Lord and everything's great. But I can tell you several years ago, I was down in the kids' church and they had us you know, go up in front and ask the kids to come up and ask for prayer. And so this little girl, she was probably about seven years old, and she came up and she said, could you pray for my mom and dad? And I said, sure, I could pray for your mom and dad. What is it? And she said, they yell at each other all the time. They hate each other. And it just about killed me because I thought, you go to River Valley, you hear the teaching, and yet that was me. That was me when I first started going to church, when I first decided that I'd go to church, and that was after I got married. And when I got married, I mean, I'm gonna give you the whole ball of wax. You're gonna hear it all. (laughs) Rob is gonna too, but. Yeah, I'm just just praying over here right now. I'm just praying, just praying. I told you, he was very brave to do this. When I got married, my maid of honor asked me, she said, do you love him? And I said, no, (laughs) no, but I like him better than I've liked anybody. And they were making bets on how long my marriage was gonna last. But I didn't care because I wasn't a Christian. I figured if that didn't work, I'd just get a new one. (laughs) So this choke collar was nothing for me. Satan wasn't pulling on it. He wasn't doing anything until after we started going to church And we went to another church, we went to the Lutheran church because he was Lutheran. And they asked us to teach eighth grade Sunday school. I had never read the Bible in my entire life, ever. And they wanted me to teach eighth grade Sunday school. So you know what I did? I said, yep, bunch of phonies here too, because they're not even asking anything. They, They, you know, I would study. I would study the lesson before I would teach it because I knew nothing. 
And as I started teaching it and, and learning these things, I started thinking, hey, maybe there is a God and maybe, you know, maybe the God is not mean. And Jesus, he did die on the cross for me. And so he's got to be pretty good. And the Holy Spirit wanted nothing to do with that because that seemed pretty, you know, far out. But I started looking, and there's a scripture. It's in Jeremiah 29, 13. I think we have it. It's on there. Yeah. Yep. And it says, if you'll seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Well, this is the kind of person that I am. I started asking all my friends, do you know where God is? And they'd say, well, try this church. I'd, mm, not there. Go to this church. I'd go there. Nope. So you were like a secret shopper oh, to churches looking for I God. I was. I was. And, and I didn't even know what I was looking for. So it was like going shopping for something that you didn't know what you were going shopping for. I just knew that I wanted to find out if God was real. And so the same woman that asked me, if I loved my husband when I married him. She was the one that had called me up one day and she said, I think I found him. I think I found him. So it's like, oh, this is so great. Well, guess where he was? He was at the Lutheran Conference on the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, the Holy Spirit, that's the one that I'm afraid of, you know? <laughs> and so I went there that night and got saved. And my husband, who was saved but was not living for the Lord, he also got saved and got saved for real. And now this is going to get kind of tricky. All right, I'll hold that. Okay. Yep, at that point, this came off. This came off. He no longer had the power to pull me or take me away from God. But what he did do and Rob made a joke about this. He said, Mom, maybe you shouldn't put it on your ankle. You'll probably fall. So, <laughs> but he put it around my ankle. And what I mean by that is that I, would, I believed that God had forgiven me. I, I believed it here, but I kept thinking, aren't there some prayers that I should say or, you know, some kind of offering, or isn't there something that I should do? And I had a very hard time believing that I had been forgiven. And finally, God said to me, and I, well, wait a minute, let me tell you, there's some of you that have got this angle on, and it's not because you don't believe that you're forgiven, but it's drugs or alcohol or sex or cheating or lying or some other thing. And what it is, it, it's just enough to hold you back from doing what God wants you to do. It's not enough to send you to hell, but it's enough to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Now, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that, because I'm going to tell you some of the exciting things that God has had me do. But at that point, God finally spoke to me, and he said, Isabel, you've got two choices. Because every time I'd go out, the devil would say to me, he'd say, do you remember what you did here? Do you remember what this did? Do you remember how you behaved? Do you remember how you talked? And he would pull me away from doing what God wanted me to do. And I believed him. And finally God said to me, okay, here's your choice. 
You can either believe that I've forgiven you or you believe that I'm a liar. Whoa. Whoa. Time out. I believed he was telling me the truth. And so from that point on, I was like, bring it on. You know the Holy Spirit, the one that I was afraid of? I want all of that. I want every single, I want every gift. Rob would tell me all these different gifts and I started studying the Bible and I started going to all these things and I finally said to Rob, Rob, I want them all. I want, can you do that? Can you just say I want everything? (laughs) And I believe that you can. Some are stronger than the other. You know, but I just, can I tell them the quick story? Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, What's it's Mother's Day. You can what? do any, anything. Seriously, what is he going to say? No. <laughs> they'll, they'll boo me if I say yeah. no. Yeah, <laughs> you want to hear it, right? You want to hear the story. It was, it was God, I was about 70, so about 10 years ago. God said to me, I want you to pray for Justin Bieber. And I'm like, Who? <laughs> And I kind of figured out, okay, he's a singer and he's, you know, for the young people. So I thought, that's cool. I can pray for him. And he said, he's been in hell, not the literal hell, but, but in the music industry. And you need to pray for him. And you need to tell other people to pray for him. So I was like, okay. So I started telling everybody, okay, you need to pray for Justin Bieber, this, blah, blah, blah. They're fine. I'll pray for him. Well, then the Holy Spirit has a way of pushing you out of your comfort zone. And he said, I want you to tell people that you're going to lay hands on Justin Bieber and pray for him. And I was like, okay, now we're getting a little, now, now it's getting a little uncomfortable because that means that I have to be close to him. And how am I going to do that? Because I, I don't know who he is, but I know he's pretty famous, so... <laughs> So I thought, okay, but I'm, I'm in, I'm in. And so I started praying and telling people that God told me I was going to lay hands on Justin Bieber. And I'm sure at that point they were looking at me at 70 going, mm. <laughs> early onset dementia. Yeah, and remember, this is after she got her tattoo, oh, so yeah. it could have been... Late life crisis, we didn't know, we didn't know. Oh yeah, and I'm telling my kids if they cut your tongue out, let them do it yeah. because, you know, I mean, so my track record, you know. <laughs> so, so I, let me I, interject here while you're praying. Yeah. You were praying. Yep. And then fast forward, I get a phone call and a friend of mine said, Justin Bieber is in town and he really needs to go to church. He's just really, he, he asked specifically if there was a really strong church that he could go to. And he, we thought of your church. And they said, you know, Justin's going to come to your church. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Now, I, I, she had not told me that she was praying for Justin. And so I called her that morning because there's a little room that we get in before service. And the family comes in there and some of the staff, we pray. And, you know, and I said, hey, when you come into the room today, uh, be on your best behavior. Justin Bieber's going to be there. And I didn't even know if she knew who he was. You know, I just want to let her know. Just behave yourself. That's what I told her. And then what did you say to me right after that? I said, it's way, way, way past that. It's way past that, me behaving myself. But it was a Saturday night that 
I was getting ready to go to church and a friend of mine called and needed help, so I didn't go to church that night. And I didn't realize that that was God starting this whole entire thing. So the next morning, I'm up ready to go to church on Sunday and I get a phone call from him saying, Mom, you need to get to church. And I'm like, I'm just about ready to walk out the door. And he said, no, no, you need to get to church. And I'm thinking, is it on fire? What's happened? You know? And I said, and he said, Justin Bieber's going to be there. Well, of course, I get really excited. And I said, oh, you're kidding. I'm supposed to pray for him. And he goes, Mom. I was very nervous. I was very nervous. I'm just letting you know. Mom. I said, best behavior, best behavior. And then he said, just be led by the whole. I said, oh, we're way past that. We're way past that. So he comes, and of course, I pray for him. And I don't know, do you want to? I think they have a a picture that is there real quick. You can throw it over the shoulder. Yeah, that was her praying for him and our our youngest son, Logan. And so after they prayed, um, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, she's saying, hey, we want to pray for, I'm going to lay hands on him. And then it happens, and she prays over him. And she didn't pray. She prayed like a grandma call down heaven prayer. You know, and uh, so God did what you were saying. Absolutely. And now, for me, doing things like this with the Holy Spirit has become very normal. You know, some of you are going, seriously, that's normal? Yes, it's normal. And so... Let me pastor that for a second, all right? It is very normal for people that are led by the Spirit. Um, Think about in Acts, um, in Acts chapter 8, Philip, one of the apostles, is led by the Spirit to go like 60 miles out of the way to speak to the Ethiopian eunuch. Like there's a one-on-one moment um, when um, the apostle Paul, who was named Saul, gets blinded. Then God speaks to Ananias, uh, a different Ananias than earlier in Acts, and he says to Ananias, you're going to go and you're going to pray for Saul, and, and you're going to lay hands on him and pray for him and restore his sight. And he's like, I've heard of this guy. He's a bad guy. And God's like, you're going to go. I mean, if you look in the Bible, people are led by the Spirit. Even when Jesus was born, Anna was led by the Spirit to go to the temple that day and pray, and she saw Jesus, who she'd been praying for. So this, is, this should be part of the mm-hmm, normal Christian absolutely. life, but we put it into superstar category, and like we should be led by the Lord on, on different things, and even not to sensationalize, but like you've even been led by the Lord. Um, one time you were doing communion, and the Lord said, put down your communion elements and go over and put your arm around that man. And you're like, okay. So you put it down, you walked over there, and, and you put your arm around him, and then the Lord said, you tell him that he's welcome here and we love his son. And he had been sitting there at communion wondering, does anybody in this church love me and would they even care about my son who was in jail? And, and he was like pondering this. And then God interrupts communion and has her go over there and do that. Okay, it's not just her doing this. We should be led by the Spirit, yes. all of us. Yes. And that's what is, is part of living the life. Like God is still speaking to us today. And so it's kind of sensational when, you know, it was Justin Bieber because we, did kind of think that was crazy, but then, you know, it turns out that it was led by the Spirit, and you were able to pray for him. So you'd think that that was good enough, but God said, nope, we're going to continue on. We're going to continue on so that you can share this story. And so uh, I was sitting in my living room, 
and all of a sudden God said to me, I want you to write a letter to Justin. And I'm like, okay, not a problem. And so I sat down to write the letter and then God interrupted me again. And he said, you haven't read your soap today. So I'm kind of joking around because I'm like, okay, do you want me to write the letter or read the soap? Let me interject too what soap is for those that are new or watching. It's scripture, observation, application, prayer, two chapters every day that we assign for the whole church to read the Bible. And we do this together. And so it's called soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer. All right. So I thought, well, okay, I'll go over and read my soap. I'm still thinking it's me. You know, I'm, I'm, I have not connected that this really is God talking to me. And so I went over to the scripture, and it's Colossians, and I think we have that on the screen. We have a picture we of it, yeah, that, as well. We have that on the screen, too. Uh, and, and it's not like it's Matthew or Mark or Acts or something. It's Colossians. And how many times do you read Colossians, you know? And that's the one that was that day. And so I went to it, and did they, the screen, you have the screen. Yes, See up in the corner? It says Justin. Justin. It's something that I had read the last time we read Colossians, and I had underlined it for Justin. And I was like, now I'm starting to think, I am in a conversation with God. Now, i got to tell you, that wakes you up. That wakes you up. That, that gives you a smack right upside your head. You are having a conversation with God. And so I put that in the letter. Obviously, God wanted that in the letter and finished the letter. And then I thought, well, okay, how are we going to get it to him? Because that's not an easy thing to do. But I thought, yeah, you brought him to church. You can get the letter to him. <laughs> so Rob and Becca were going to a conference in, in Australia. And so I gave each one of them the, a letter, a copy of the letter. And I said, when you get there, whoever sees him, give it to Justin. And he said to me, yeah, I said, I, we don't even know if he's going to be there. He's on world tour right now. I know that for a fact. Justin is on world tour. So, well, I mean, there's going to be 20,000 people at the conference. I, I really don't think Justin Bieber is going to be there. And she goes, just give him the letter when one of you run into him. And I'm like, okay. So I've yes. got a letter and she's got a letter. Becca's got a letter. And uh, we get there. And sure enough, Justin is at the conference right there. About Hello. eight rows in front of us. But I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to walk up and say, hey, excuse me, I need to talk to him. He's eight rows away. So we just said, he's got to be like right here, like right in our face. And uh, Becca was getting on an elevator uh, and going up this, this elevator. And they said, hold the elevator. And they hold the elevator. And the person they hold in for is Justin Bieber. And so he gets on the elevator with Becca. And she goes, you're never going to believe. She has the letter. She goes, you're never going to believe this. Remember grandma last year? And he's like, yeah, grandma. And, he, and you know, but he said that. I'm not sure if he remembered her, but he said, yeah, grandma. And she said, I'm giving you the letter. It's from grandma. And then we just are like, seriously. Like when I told Dave Ramsey this story, you know what he said? He said, can your mom just come to my office and stand at everyone's cubicle and just go, yup. Nope, yep, nope, yep. He goes, it would just help us with employees, you know. I was like, she's not that tuned in, but, you know, definitely tuned now, in. Now, Becca did pray about it. She prayed, God, if you want us to get this letter, you know, make it happen. And it was like right after that that, you know, I mean, 
you got to have a little faith, people. <laughs> you know, God is doing this. So I'm, I'm just thinking, this is so cool. Okay, fine. But I said, okay, God, I just want to know, did he get it? You know, did he read it? Because he could have just tossed it in the garbage. Now, I wasn't there, but I heard We were there. We were yeah. there, and we saw him. We could see him in front. He read it, and then he literally held the letter above his head, and then he read it again, and then he held the letter up. Like, he did that, like, multiple times. He'd read it and hold it above his head. And then, um, if you remember, two days later, he quit his world tour, unannounced, just quit and just stopped the tour. And everybody's wondering, like, why did he do that? And I'm like... Well, he got a letter from Grandma. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's with Colossians. Look it up, you know? All right. You so. should have heard the young girls. They were really mad, you know? And I said, it had nothing to do with that. I have no idea what, you know? But then I thought, okay, now that's the end of the story. And then my 80th birthday was last August. And about two weeks before my 80th birthday, God started telling me, you're going to Turkey. And I'm like, What? Turkey, I'm 80. Do you realize these are 80-year-old bones here? I'm going to Turkey. And so I called a friend of mine, Rachel, who works in the Global Project, and I said, how far is it to Turkey? And, you know, I, I'm not sure if I want to do this. And so, but I had it on my phone. I had been looking it up. And then my 80th birthday party, after they had given me these gifts, Rob gave me a card from the elders saying, we're sending you to Turkey. And I'm like... What? Okay, why Turkey? And so we're getting ready. It, we went with people from, from the Egan campus. And before we left, I said to Rob, I said, Rob, what am I supposed to do in Turkey? And he said, just go have fun. And I thought, if you wanted me to just go have fun, why didn't you send me to Hawaii? You know, I know, I've figured it out now that somewhere the Holy Spirit's involved in this. And so Rachel, I said, I can't go by myself because I can hardly answer my phone and sending texts, you know, like my texts call me. You know, true? Yeah. So I said, hey, can you send Rachel with me? And there's, sure, you know. And then I checked to find out if it was a one-way ticket. But... <laughs> So Rachel and I went over there with the restroom, and we had so much fun. And about halfway through the trip, the missionary said, you're going to speak at the international school. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And he said, yeah, you are. And then he said, are you afraid? And I mean, that's like putting a red flag in front of a bull. <laughs> you know. I said, no, no, I just didn't think that I was supposed to do that. Well, I was. And so I shared this story, and... The kids were receiving their prayer language. They were, they, everything was just so amazing. And I'm telling you this because the head of the school, after it was over, I went over and started talking to him and he said, you're not gonna believe this. And I'm like, seriously, I will believe just about anything. And he said, no, 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 you're really not gonna believe this. He said, you know the two scriptures that you had for Justin Bieber? And I said, yes. He said, those are the scriptures that we've been studying all year. And I was so tickled because I thought the Holy Spirit was saying to them, 
These are the scriptures that I want you to grasp. And I want you to know that you're connected to a church in Apple Valley, Minnesota. And those scriptures are going to be so powerful. And so I don't know what's going to happen next, but I expect Justin Bieber to come here or do something. You know, something else is going to happen. So, so you've seen the power of prayer. Oh, and absolutely. You, what would you say to the church about the power of prayer? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not. A, I, I love to pray, like to God. But, but if you come up to me and ask me for prayer, and you tell me, even if you tell me, you know, I have cancer, my prayer will probably be something like this. God, they have cancer, would you please heal them? Period. That's it. Now, there are people like Pastor Greg Yeoman, Kristen Peterson, Lynn Kitzrow, Aaron Topp from Egan, that pray, and you can hear the angels singing. You can hear, you know, all these things going on. And I'm like, why can't I pray like that? Now, maybe, maybe nobody else envies or, or wishes that they had somebody else's gift. I'm sure I'm probably the only one that does that. <laughs> but I always thought, gee, it would be so nice to be able to pray like that or sing. Sing like our, you know... And God was clearly telling me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The gifts that I gave you are the gifts that I gave you. Don't be looking for somebody else's gift. And you need people around you that pray. Intercessors. Intercessors. They've got to be the closest things to angels because they pray. They pray. And I would say, get people in your life that pray that will pray for you all the time, that will challenge you, that will say to you, you know, uh, you tell them the thing that you've done wrong and they won't, you know, come after you. They'll just be praying and praying and praying. So I would say prayer is just unbelievably important. It's just so important. Now, we're about to end here and you said you, we didn't rehearse this stuff, but um, you said you wanted to end on talking about Cooper's baptism. So, and, I, and, you, and you didn't give me any more than that, so Cooper's baptism. Okay. Cooper is my youngest grandson. He's eight years old, and he was just baptized in the last... Oh, see now, this is why I didn't tell him, because I knew I'd cry, so I'm going to cry, so I'm prepared to cry. eight years old, and he's going to be baptized, and I'm watching this. And I'm standing there, and the tears are flowing down my face. I'm about to do one of those kind of crying, you know, the embarrassing kind of crying. And so I'm biting my lip as hard as I can bite it so that I don't break down crying like this. But I can't stop the tears from flowing. Because I look at where I started out. I wore this collar for 31 years. I didn't get saved till I was 31. I wore this collar for 31 years. And you know what? The enemy wasn't, he didn't pull on it. He didn't do anything because I wasn't doing anything for God. I wasn't living for God. I wasn't doing anything for God. So he was perfectly happy with me. And the day that I found God, 
and really started trusting him. I drew the line in the sand and I said, no more, no more, not my family. Nobody in my family, you can't have them. No more chalk collars are going on my family. None of them. And now, now I have six pastors in my family, pretty quick to be seven. I have my family that every single one of them is living for the Lord. How many people can say that? How many people can say that? If I had stayed with this collar, even though I wasn't doing anything bad, I wasn't a bad person, you know, I, I was just not a good person. And so I looked at that and I saw that little boy being baptized and I thought, every single person in this church can have the same thing. Every single one of you can have the same thing. And there are people in this church right now, I'm sorry, but I am crying. Um, there are people in this church right now that are wearing this collar. They are wearing it. And they walk in this church and they know that they've got the collar on, but they're not willing to give it up. They've even maybe said the prayer and they've got the collar around their ankle. They're not going anywhere for God. And what I want to tell you loud and clear tonight, you do not have to walk out of here with that collar around your neck. You do not have to walk out of here with that collar around your ankle. You don't have to. And I know we've got really nice pastors in this church, and they do things that are just wonderful, like when it's time for, you know, to give your life to Christ, they dim the lights down and tell you that you can put your hand up. I'm not that person. <laughs> Remember, I have the prophecy, we usually get killed you know, we're usually the ones that get beheaded because we get in trouble a lot and tell people, tell people the truth. What I'm telling you is the lights are going to stay on, and if you have that collar around your neck or around your ankle, I hope that you take the time right now and stand up. Stand up. Don't put your hand up. Stand up. Don't be afraid to stand up. I stood up. We've all had to stand up. We've all had to. So if that's you, take that's that time. Hearing at all the campuses, that's it. If you are standing up and the ankle's coming off your neck or off your ankle, that chain is coming off. It's time to come off. Hearing at all the campuses and online, people are saying, I'm going to get set free today. I'm going to live the abundant life that Jesus has for me. They're standing. Come on, we're waiting for you. You don't need to be ashamed of it. We're cheering you. We're grateful. Hey, I'm the, I'm the pastor's mother. If I can get up here and tell you how bad I am being the pastor's mother, you guys can take that time and stand up and tell God, I want to change. I want to lead a different life. I want to pray for you as you're standing. And uh, I don't know if it's around your neck 
or around your ankle, but today Jesus wants to set you free. And if it's around your neck, Jesus wants to give you forgiveness and let you know that you're a child of God. And if it's around your ankle and you're still having things that are holding you back, Jesus wants you to be set free. But I want to pray this prayer for those that are saying yes to Jesus and you're saying, I'm taking a, I, I want really, I want to have Jesus be my Lord and Savior, not just religion, not just going through the show. I really, really want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And if that's you here and at all of our campuses online, I'm going to pray a line, and then I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. And everyone else in the church, you pray it with them out loud, and you're going to be set free. You're going to be set free and made new. So let's pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to set me free. Take the chains off my life and let me serve you. I believe you died on the cross and rose again from the dead so that I could be free and forgiven. I receive that. And right now today, I pledge to live for you for the rest of my life. Give me the strength to do that in Jesus' name. And so God, I thank you for the people that prayed that prayer for the first time standing in this room. The chain is off. I think about that song. It says, my chains are gone. I've been set free and they've been set free. And now that the chain is off, I pray they wouldn't put it on their ankle. They would say, God, I want everything you have for me. You'd help them to overcome things in their life. You'd help them to live the abundant life that you have. You'd help them to be led by the spirit and moved by the spirit. And God, uh, we just thank you for new life here and at all of our campuses online. And we thank you for that. We give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise. Thank you for setting people free. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God again for people that are set free. You can stand. Let's thank God.